Many years ago, when I was a few years into my discernment process for the priesthood, I found myself sitting in a classroom on a Wednesday night listening to someone teaching about the sacrament of ordination. It was a Christian formation class on sacraments with about 40 normal churchgoers, lay folks who had many different jobs within the church. Some were ushers or on flower guild. Others were lectors or shepherds. None were uninvolved with the church. But as we dug deeper into the subject of ordination, we couldn't help but talk about the call to ordination. And finally, a layperson leaned over to me, knowing I was well into my process, but still not ordained, and whispered, does God only call people to ordained ministry? Or can normal people be called by God too? I remember wanting to jump on the chair. My head felt like it might explode. Oh my gosh, yes, I exclaimed, probably a little too loud. God calls us all to different roles at different times. Everyone, I said quickly. This person and I never got a chance to talk about her question in more depth. But it struck me then how poor of a job we as the church do when it comes to helping everyone discern their call. We talk about call as if everyone already knows what it is. And we talk about call as though it's something that only happens to folks who go into ordained work. This causes many of us to have stumbled upon our calls rather than to truly have discerned them. But God calls each of us. God's call can be to something seemingly simple. Smile at this person. Pray for that person. Bring soup and a loaf of bread to a friend. Invite this person to church. Tell this person they are loved. Or, these calls can be quite difficult. Give everything you have to the poor and follow me. He calls some of us to marry and some of us to be single. He calls some of us to have children and some of us to lives of study and some of us to lives of service. We can be called to be teachers or friends, or artists. Our calls can change over our lifetime. Sometimes God adds calls, and sometimes we can feel as though we are between calls. These are all calls from God, calls to be the people God created us to be, and calls to do the work God has given us to do. And God's call is never unimportant. I dare to say most of us have not stood in St. John the Divine in New York, or the Basilica in Vatican City, or the Cathedral in Cologne, Germany, some of the largest and most beautiful holy buildings in the world, huge, soaring cathedrals, just to have the hem of God's garment fill the expansive space. Most of us have not seen the heavenly host we join our voices with in the Sanctus every Sunday morning. Most of us have not had visions or dreamed dreams or been swallowed by a whale only to be spit up on the shores of Nineveh. Yet, we can feel little tugs. We can hear a message over and over again throughout a day and wonder if it's a message from God to us. We can keep running into the same person or catch ourselves thinking of them often. We can feel unrest at going about our everyday lives rather than doing the thing that is needling at our heart. 
We can feel joy or excitement or peace about doing something that should give us fear. And yes, we can dream dreams, hear the voice of God, or see a vision expressing God's call on our lives. We all experience call differently, but we are all called. The fishermen in the gospel today have had a hard night. They have been fishing in the moonlight when the fish should be active and have very few fish to show for it. And they are dog tired. But the last task of the night is to wash out the nets. A tedious job, but one that must be done to preserve the nets and keep them in good working order. Nets are expensive. So despite their exhaustion, the fishermen are washing the nets so they can go home and go to bed. Jesus, seeing the tired fishermen, jumps into their boat and asks them to move out a bit so the people can see him teach. Despite their exhaustion, they humor Jesus and allow him to teach from their boat. But then, this man, this carpenter's son, looks at these professional fishermen, these men who have been doing this work since they were boys, and tells them to sail into deeper water and throw the nets overboard. The nets, they just washed. The water, they just came from, with the fish that aren't there. But Simon, possibly with a groan and an eye roll, says, okay. He answers Jesus' call, and the fishermen are rewarded by more fish than they could possibly haul in themselves. The second boat helps them. Their expensive nets are ripped. They have hauled in a wealth of fish. And their abundant catch is forgotten on the shore as they leave everything. Their fish, their boats and nets, and their families to follow Jesus' new call and become fishers of men. Alternatively, Isaiah stands in the presence of God. Isaiah, a mortal, a man of unclean lips, sees God upon his throne and surrounded by some of his holy angels. One of these terrifying divine beings grabs a live coal, a coal so hot that even the angel must pick it up with tongs and holds it to Isaiah's mouth to purge his sin. And Isaiah is asked by God, whom shall I send? With enthusiasm, Isaiah answers God, here I am, Lord, send me. But Isaiah's story does not end with an abundant catch. Isaiah is told he will speak to these people and they will not listen. He will show them the greatness of God and they will not see. They will be given this message from God by a prophet of the Lord and they will not comprehend. Isaiah's job will be futile, but God has called him to do it and Isaiah has accepted the task. We live in a results-oriented culture. Students are sorted based on te standardized test scores. Teachers are paid based on students' performance. We pass billboards boasting of attorneys' large settlements. 
And no clergy event is complete without rectors comparing average Sunday attendance or new members or their budgets. We are used to being graded, to being measured, to being judged based on our results. But those folks who answered the call of God today in Isaiah and in Luke have very different results. The fishermen are wildly successful. They follow God's call and are rewarded for it. But Isaiah follows God's call and, according to our units of measurement, fails miserably. He leaves all he has, lives a life of poverty and persecution, and still fails to change the mind of many. Shouldn't a true call from God guarantee success? Shouldn't a true call from God result in riches and wealth and popularity? Shouldn't a true call from God be hashtag blessed? The unfortunate part of today's lessons is that no, following a call from God isn't guaranteed to be easy or result in amazingness. We cannot measure the legitimacy of a call from God by how it all turns out in the end. In fact, many of the stories of God's people are ones that end in tragedy, in poverty, and death. Oftentimes in life, we can feel as though we are merely throwing pearls before swine. And even when we are blessed with abundance, we can be called to leave it all to rot on the shore. So why do it? Once you hear God's call on your life, no matter how big or how small, why on earth would you ever follow it? Why do these fishermen or Isaiah or Paul from the second reading give up everything to follow God? Just like the men in today's lessons, we follow God's call because we have seen the Lord. We follow God's call because we have met Jesus face to face. We follow God's call not because of the result, but because we have seen God's glory sometime in our lives. Jesus did not say, Follow me and all your wildest dreams will come true. Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me. We are all called. And not all of our calls will be simple. In fact, most of them will require sacrifice or pain or even death. But once you see the grace of God, once you see God on his throne... Once you meet Jesus Christ, could you really ever tell God no?